find nothing on the radio. Uh, you'll turn to that station. Thanks for being polite about it, not just blowing your nose right in the phone. Well, I, it's not all over the receiver. <laughs> it's true. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Eclectic City. I'm your host, Gabriel Zoki, bringing you another two hours of music you've probably never heard. In the studio with me tonight, like always, are Jenny Pace and Mike Workman. How are you guys doing? Fabulous. <laughs> I'm great. This is Eclectic City number 57, and uh, similar to the introduction we did for Eclectic City number 56, based on the responses we got from the listeners, we're going to continue with the what the format format. We're going to jump right into uh, what's happening, what's happened since the last time we did a show. I guess I'll just jump right into it here. In my opinion, one of the biggest stories of the year and something that hasn't been talked about yet is the revision in the copyright laws from 1978 that give artists the rights to reclaim their works. The 1978 revisions to the copyright law allowed artists to file a claim called the termination right to the songs that they had helped to create. Bob Dylan, Tom Petty, Brian Adams, Loretta Lynn, Chris Christopherson, and Tom Waits, among others, have filed to claim rights to the songs that they helped create. Don Henley and the Eagles are kind of spearheading a lot of this stuff. They're very anxious to get some of their stuff back. They feel like this is going to be a very contentious fight. The recording industry is eager to keep whatever they can get, having seen a drop from the $14.6 billion they were making to six point three in 2009. You said Don Henry's going to be contentious? I yeah. find that hard to believe. <laughs> Considering how many people they ripped off in their career? <clears throat> sure. It's an example of the pot calling the kettle black. And I can see the recording industry is taking this pretty seriously. I think they, they see it as a, as a real threat. Um, the top three, Sony, Warner Brothers, and Universal, haven't shown any signs whatsoever of relinquishing any of the rights. They've ignored almost all the termination rights notices that they've received. And according to some of their legal spokesmen, they're considering all these uh, sound recordings uh, work for hire, which 
A lot of people think that this could go as far as the Supreme Court. Many legal representatives of some of the artists that are fighting to regain their rights uh, feel very strongly that their clients are not going to give up control. They won't stop until they get 100% ownership of the music that they helped create. And on the corporate side, there's a lot to be uh, figured out still. Um, the big three, Sony, Warner, and Universal, don't agree on how this should be handled. They all agree on one thing, which is they're going to stand firm and not relinquish any control whatsoever. Um, <clears throat> and it's hard to track this stuff, too, because the U.S. Copyright Office essentially only requires people to file the stuff manually, not electronically. So the database is incomplete. So I'm trying to track some of this stuff down. It's going to be a pain in the butt. The songwriters seem like they're going to make out pretty well on all this because they've always been registered as creators. Um, so I think either way this this goes, they're going to probably benefit. I'm I'm really surprised. I'm after all the noise that was made over the Spotify, iTunes, and uh, Pandora rights and and monies that weren't going to the original artists. The fact that no one has been talking about this the entire year is kind of mind-boggling. I don't, I don't know if they're all afraid of what's going to happen if they damage their relationships or if the record companies really are scared they're going to lose control of, of this music. So uh, I, I think the record companies are probably the ones that are running scared right now. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they're going to lose a cash cow. What else has been happening in the music world? Well, um, well we lost Lou Reed. Mm. Yeah kind of a downer. Yeah, but still recovering from that. I thought it was interesting that, and it's, now we're back to Sony too, uh, Sony PS4 used Perfect Day for their uh, commercial before they did the rollout. Um, and and he was, before the, the product was actually released onto the market, Lou Reed went and died. Well, that's probably what sent him over the edge. Right there. I think that do it. Yeah. And, but then, but then Sony went ahead and they, they uh, kept that music as their uh, their ad. It's not the first outright commercial uh, sellout of his music, if you want to put it that way. I mean, he did that Honda commercial years ago. I mean, that was the coolest commercial ever made up to that point, but it was just weird. Don't sell it for walking. There's some old guys coming up with new albums. I've heard uh, what's Crosby, Stills, and Gilmore. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> Something to that extent. Well, yeah, uh, David Gilmore, like like his nemesis Roger Waters, have both <laughs> been uh, in a cocoon for about twenty years. They're buddies. <laughs> yeah. They're best buds. Yeah. Sure, they are. We're like they, they hugged. We're like that. Um. But Gilmore's last studio, well, Gilmore put out a studio album in 1984 about Faith, and he let 22 years go by for his next studio album, On wow. Island. That, uh, that album featured David Crosby and Graham Nash. Mm. Uh, Nash let it slip that Gilmore is working with him and Crosby on a new album. Hmm. Uh, I believe they're going into the studio sometime next year. As is Roger Waters, who uh, whose last studio album was "Amused to Death" in 1992. Hmm. Well, one thing these uh, these two buddies have in common, although they're not speaking. Of course, of course, Waters has been busy going around doing the wall for the last yeah uh, couple years. And he's considering making new versions of that too. He was when how how many other ways do they need to release that? <laughs> it's like hologram. Hol <laughs> It's like live in Berlin when the wall came down. I got that. 
Um, I've got that one. It's like they're going to do it. They're not going to be satisfied until they do that on the moon. I mean, I'm convinced. <laughs> <laughs> Live. Ricky, <laughs> come down in slow motion. <laughs> uh, I, whenever I think about those guys, I always think about, you know, insanity and existential anxiety and these, these you know, big life issues, this crisis stuff. It's kind of funny. Like, they wrote all that stuff when they were younger. So, I mean, if you were to kind of follow the progression, the stuff they should be writing now would be about, I don't know. <clears throat> Once you've written about well, existential... Had, they had Sid Barrett as a mentor, so... <laughs> it's either you go... They already had a pretty good handle on the uh, whole insanity <laughs> angle. It's like, where do you go from there? You go forward from, from insanity and existential anxiety to what? Vegas. Right. <laughs> <sighs> okay, we need to segue into Kanye. Speaking of that shit, crazy. <laughs> there you go. What did Kanye West say now? The other day, I guess Kanye did a interview with an MTV serious DJ and lost his friggin' mind for the third time this week. <laughs> he, he says he's Warhol. He's the number one most impactful artist of our generation. Mm. Shakespeare in the flesh. Walt <laughs> Disney, Nike, Google. Now who's going to be the Medici family and stand up and let me create more? Or do you want to marginalize me? He literally said that? Yes, he did. <laughs> I thought he was just a guy that crashed acceptance speeches at award shows. Oh, no. Sounds like we need to have another bonfire of the vanities. <clears throat> Good Lord. Whoa. You know, the things I always think are classics are the things that I don't hear for 20 or 30 years. And one day I'll hear it on the radio and go, oh, my God, I remember that song, you know? Yeah. When you hear the song weekly, for, you know, year in and year out, mm-hmm. it kind of becomes like a just a, a stain <laughs> on the back of your mind. <laughs> you don't notice it anymore. Seriously, what are, what are people going to regard as, as classic music in 30 years? What's going to hold up in 30 years? I don't think it, it... Nothing Justin Bieber, nothing by Kanye West. Yeah, what out now... I, I don't know. I think it's like Mike said. It's stuff you don't hear all the time. You know, and sometimes it's stuff you don't even recognize as a classic at the time. And mm-hmm. then you hear it 20, 30 years later and you go, you know, that is a classic. Right. Yeah. You know, take it, songs like Little Green Back or something like that from the 60s. And, uh, Who reads stuff? Yeah. Now, that's not well, out now, but, you know, his stuff holds up. Mm-hmm. Right. PS4 uh, commercial got me listening to Transformer again. I've had it playing off and on on my stereo for the last few weeks. I remember reading a review of Velvet Underground and Lou Reed's uh, sometime in the 80s when I was really becoming wise to a lot of what was going on in music. And, you know, I remember one reviewer just talking about Lou Reed, like, he come from somewhere else. I mean, no one knew where he come from, just from left field with his own particular sound, his own particular way of doing things. He didn't imitate anybody. 
but everyone wanted to be him. Everyone wanted to, wanted to sound like him. I think that's a good point. Nobody sounded like him. No. Right. And a lot of stuff these days is just the same old crap. Everybody wants to sound perfect or they want to be auto-tuned or they want to sound perfect and be auto-tuned until they sound like robots. <laughs> Can you imagine Lou, Lou Reed auto-tuned? <laughs> oh, someone's got to do that now. I think they ought to create an auto-tune that'll make you sound like Lou Reed. Turn it around. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to regurgitate myself. I'm a prime person, not just clothing, but water bottle design, architecture, everything you can think about. Brought, brought the letter John Penn six years ago to Fendi, and they said no. How many <laughs> have you done seen with letter John Pants? Where's the culture at? Where is the culture at? Yeah, so? We culture. Rap is new rock and roll. We're the rock stars, and I'm the biggest of all of them.
slipping, slipping, slipping into the We began set one with the Australian group Jaguar Ma and their song Come See Me from their June album called Howlin'. They're currently on tour with the XX and the Foles. After that, we heard a brand new song from Pet Shop Boys called Bolshi from their July release called Eclectic. That was the first album released on their new label. Then from the British alt-rock group The Editors, we heard The Weight from their June album called The Weight of Your Love. And then finally from the Israeli remix artists Virgin Magnetic Material, we had a remix of Steve Miller's Fly Like an Eagle from 2012. You can find that on junodownload.com. Play it once, Sam. For all time's sake. I don't know what you mean, Miss Elsa. Play it, Sam. Play as time goes by. Thank you. 
I'm gonna try, try like a mother. I'll make this one come around. Sing all through the night, shaking the shutters. I know she'll be coming down. Hear the neighbors calling out names. Well, I can put up with that, so I'm gonna try, try till I get it back. On a wave of confidence and gin, like a hurricane, I come crashing in. But oh, man, the scent is moving too slow. Damn, I think I'm losing control. 'Cause I just took a flight to make it here tonight to say that I, I'm gonna try, try. We began set two with Stefan Grappelli's version of As Time Goes By from his 1994 self-titled album. You can find that on Amazon.com. 
And then from Julianne Hatfield and Matthew Cause from Not A Surf, otherwise known as Minor Alps, we had Buried Plans from their October release called Get There. You can find that on Barsuk Records or on Amazon.com. Then we heard from Black Box Revelations. The song was called High on a Wire from their 2010 album called Silver Threats. And then finally from October, from his album called Make a Move, we heard Gavin McGraw with the song called I'm Gonna Try, which featured Puerto Rican guitarist Ian Litovich, whose music we've included on Eclectic City several times already. From the creators of Mad Men comes The 60s, a series so historically correct, no one will care about the plot. New York, 1962. Meet John Nixonson, New York's most successful ad man. John lives in a time when everyone smokes, everyone drinks, and John more than anyone else. The 60s. Get ready to forget time and place. We might forget the place, but the time is 1962. No (laughs) doubt about that. (laughs) There's only one rule. Never forget the times you're living in. I don't know, John. I don't even know what date it is anymore. Look at your watch. The typewriter. The suit. The cigar box. The newspaper. The phone. The coconut thing. Is there anything in here that doesn't scream 1962? Now get out of here, Frisky Frisky! Winner of an Emmy for the second best ashtray in a non-verbal scene. Whiskey, cigarettes, a metal leg, a napkin holder, a meat grinder, a metal mushroom, a Montana toothpick, a 60s modem, an Alabama abortion machine, and a calculator. If it's not in the series, it wasn't in the 60s. The 60s, that's what I call guacamole. Yeah, we got the feeling now. We got the feeling now. Shut up, Al Green. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I, nah, I tell you something, girl. I think I, I think you understand. And when I, girl, I said that little something to you.
We began set three with a previously unreleased cover of the Beatles' I Want to Hold Your Hand that was Al Green from his 1969 Green is Blue. You can only find that on the 40th anniversary edition, which was released in 2009. Following that, we had Aretha Franklin with Rock Steady, a song that reached number nine on the Billboard charts in 1971. That came from her album, Young, Gifted, and Black. And then featuring Santa Gold and many others, we had Major Lazer with You're No Good from his April release called Free the Universe. That's the second album from Major Lazer, which is a collaborative project from producer Diplo. And then from his Tropical Dub side project from 2008, we had Will Holland, otherwise known as Quantic, with the song called Dog With A Rope from his album Flowering Inferno. Coming up, we've got Gary Newman, Bonobo, Oscar Isaac and Marcus Mumford, The Velvet Underground, Lou Reed, Duran Duran, and Los Lobos. Be right back. Benghazi is worse than slavery, the Trail of Tears, Japanese internment, Tuskegee, purposefully injecting Guatemalan mental patients with syphilis, lying about WMDs, and the fact that banks today are still foreclosing on mortgages they don't own, then your hard-on for Obama has lasted more than four hours and you need to call a doctor. And while the press has been occupied with scandal, the biggest scandal and the most important story of the century so far happened last week. Scientists reported that the level of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere has passed the long-feared milestone of 400 parts per million. And unless you're a chimney sweep, that's bad news. Because humans have never lived through it. You think Susan Rice gave bogus talking points about Benghazi? What about the bullshit talking points the entire Republican Party has been spewing on climate change since the 90s? I want to see the... I want to see the emails to find out who came up with the talking points that global warming is just a theory and that it needs more study and climate change is a hoax. The Obama administration isn't dirty. The air is. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen.
of President Kennedy. He was wounded in an automobile driving from Dallas Airport into downtown Dallas, along with Governor Connolly of Texas. They've been taken to Parkland Hospital there, where their condition is as yet unknown. As you can imagine, there are many stories that are coming in now as to the actual condition of the president. One is that he is dead. This cannot be confirmed. Another is that uh, Governor Connolly is in the operating room. This we have not confirmed. The president was whisked from the scene of the attempted assassination or assassination, depending upon his condition, of course, at this hour, uh, by bus to Parkland Hospital, where we had last rites of the church have just been administered. And last rites of the church have just been administered. Two priests in Dallas who were with President Kennedy say he is dead of bullet wounds. There is no further confirmation. This is the only word we have indicating that the president may, in fact, have lost his life. White House Press Secretary Malcolm Kilduff has just announced that President Kennedy died at approximately 1 o'clock Central Standard Time, which is about 35 minutes ago. After being shot at... After being shot... By an unknown assailant... Yeah. 
We began set four with Gary Newman's Love Hurt Bleed from his new album called Splinter, Songs from a Broken Mind from October. Then we followed with Stephen Bruner, otherwise known as Thundercat, and his song Without You. That can be found on his July release, Apocalypse. You can find that on Brain Feeder Records. Then we have British DJ and producer Bonobo with his song Don't Wait. You can find that on his March release called The North Borders. And then finally, from the soundtrack of the Coen Brothers movie Inside Lewin Davis, we had the T-Bone Burnett-produced Fare Thee Well, featuring Oscar Isaac and Marcus Mumford. This song was otherwise known as Dink's Song and has been covered historically by people like Pete Seeger, Dylan, and Dave Von Runk. It's an old folk song that was first recorded in 1908. on the South Bank show the story of the Velvet Underground which has been described as the most influential rock group of the 60s. They played together for only four years, 1966 to 1970, and made only four albums during that time. They never played outside America. But the Velvet Underground introduced a rough edge of street realism and doubt into pop music at a time when most bands were still caught up in West Coast flower power, especially poppy power. Without them, it's probably fair to say that punk wouldn't have happened. Their influence is acknowledged by people as diverse as David Bowie, Talking Heads, and the young Jesus and Mary chain. The Velvet Underground were Lou Reed, a rock and roller from Long Island, avant-garde musician John Cale, guitarist Sterling Morrison, and a young, untrained drummer, Maureen Tucker. For a time, they were joined by the beautiful singer, Nico. Together they created the first alliance between pop music and the avant-garde. Perhaps it could only have happened in the 60s when the emergence of pop art and underground cinema caused an explosion in the established art world. Maybe a big pop rather than a big bang, but impact it had. The Velvet Underground were promoted by pop artist Andy Warhol in the mid-60s. Warhol was at the height of his celebrity then. To his New York studio, the factory came art dealers, limousine liberals and downtown bohemians. Warhol's films of these people became as famous as his paintings and he began to look for a new three-dimensional art form. The Svengali of fashion struck again, pop art met art pop. We're sponsoring a new band, it's called the Velvet Underground and we're trying to... Well, since I don't really believe in painting anymore I thought it would be a nice way of combining uh, and we have this chance to combine music and, and art and uh, uh, films all together.
But when you first met Lou Reed, what sort of impression he made on you and what, what it was about him that, that attracted you? He seemed extremely vulnerable. And um, with, with a very visceral sense of, of uh, claiming his identity. In that it seemed like his identity was really clear when attacking things and not that there was a uh, an ingrained hostility to everything on earth but um, I guess that's a common trait in many people that the best way to define themselves is to really attack this uh, un unknowing and, and uh, psychologically disturbing persona was struggling to have an artistic um, an artistic expression that was being stifled by by this confusion between his surroundings and himself. This description could very well apply to myself as well. And I couldn't really say that trying to find a role in classical music that really had anything to do with the outside world was, was, was certainly not clear in my mind. And I was using improvisation as a way of finding a footi footing in, you know, 
in my own personality. So words were, was, were not something that I was really adept with, although I, I, I loved all sorts of, of English language experimentation. And Lou was very adept at spontaneously erupting into um, elegant uh, forms of, of, uh, of prose and poetry. In this world as we know it, sorrows come and go. But now we see the human race has put its footprints on the moon's face. Satellite's gone up to the sky But it's not half as nice as looking in your eyes Whoa, take it for a little while So I can watch it on TV, yeah Satellite of love Satellite of love Oh, satellite of love Satellite of Satellite's gone up to the sky But you know it's not half as nice as looking in your eyes. Well, take it for a little while so I could watch it on TV. Satellite of love. Satellite of love. Oh, satellite of love. Satellite. I've been told, baby, you've been both to wink and blinkin' and not. Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday to wink and blinkin' and not. Drugs, is that right? Sometimes. Why do you do this? Because I think the government's plotting against me. But Why you... do you say that? <laughs> you like singing about drugs. Is this because you like taking drugs yourself? No. It's because um, I can't carry when I go through customs, I figure, somebody in the audience. You know. Were you searched by our customs men for drugs? Oh, no, because I don't take any. No drugs at all? Mm -mm. And yet you sing about them. I'm high you... on life. You want people to take drugs themselves. Is this perhaps why you sing about drugs? Oh, yeah, I want them to take drugs. 
What is this? Of course, it's better than Monopoly. Why do you think your music is so popular, though? I didn't know it was popular. You've had two sellouts in Sydney before you've even come here. So it is popular, apparently. I didn't know that. Well, do you think it's a decadent society we're living in? No. Would you describe yourself as a decadent person? No. How would you describe yourself? Average. It said, it said in your release that we were given this morning that you like lying to the press. Uh, why is this? Now you're doing it now. I didn't say that. The release did. Would it be right to call your music gutter do? rock? Gutter rock? Gutter rock. Oh, yeah. Lou, you sing a lot about uh, transvestites and sadomasochism. Um, how would you describe yourself in the light of these songs? I don't know, what does that have to do with me? Well, could I put it bluntly, and pardon the question, are you a transvestite or a homosexual? Sometimes. Which one? I don't know. What's the difference?
for my next number, I'd like to return to the classics. City is the place where they said, hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side. I said, hey, Joe, take a walk on the wild side. Sugar Plum Fairy came and hit the streets. Looking for soul food and a place to eat. Take a walk on the wild side I said, hey honey, 
take a walk on the wild outside and the colored girls say I live in New York is because I know my way around New York. I don't know my way around Paris. I uh, don't know my way around Denver. I don't know my way around Maui. I don't know my way around Toronto, etc. So it's almost by default. I don't know very many people who live in New York who don't also say, but I'm leaving. And I've been thinking of leaving for uh, 35 years now. I'm almost ready. Pedro lives out of the Wilshire Hotel. He looks out a window without glass. The walls are made of cardboard. Newspapers on his feet and his father beats him because he's too tired to beg. He's got nine brothers and sisters. They're brought up on their knees, it's hard to run when a coat hanger beats you on the thighs. Pedro dreams of being older and killing the old man, but that's a slim chance. He's going to the boulevard. He's gonna end up on the dirty boulevard. He's going out to the dirty boulevard. He's going down to the dirty boulevard. Room costs $2,000 a month. You can believe it, man, it's true. Somewhere a landlord's laughing till he wets his pants. No one dreams of being a doctor or a lawyer or anything. They dream of dealing on the dirty boulevard. Give me your hungry, your tired, your poor, I'll piss on them. That's what the statue of bigotry says. Your poor huddled masses, let's club them to death and get it over with and just dump them on the boulevard. Get him out on the dirty boulevard. Going out to the dirty boulevard. They're going down on the dirty boulevard. Going out. Outside, it's a bright night. There's an opera at Lincoln Center. Movie stars arrive by limousine. The Klee lights shoot up over the skyline of Manhattan, but the lights are out on the mean streets. 
A small kid stands by the Lincoln Tunnel. He's selling plastic roses for a party. The traffic's backed up to 39th Street. The TV whores are calling the cops out for a suck. And back at the wheelchair, Pedro sits there dreaming. He's found a book on magic in a garbage can. He looks at the pictures and stares up at the cracked ceiling. At the count of three, he says, I hope I can disappear and fly, fly away. From this dirty boulevard, I want to fly. From the dirty boulevard, I want to fly. From the dirty boulevard, I want to fly, 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 fly. From the dirty boulevard, I want to fly away. I want to fly. Fly, fly away. I want to fly. Fly, fly away. I never really liked any British group. I don't think the British should play rock and roll. What, what, do, you th <laughs> what do you think they should play? I don't think they should play anything. <laughs> not even, not, but how about, how about the, I think the, I the think Royal Symphonic Orchestra? Oh, well, they that, just go out and sit that, down with their instruments? And... That, they're good for that. Yeah. They're good for that, and I suppose they should learn how to cook. But uh, I like the Stones. I think they were like the only group. Some are Ray Davies, but mo you know, I don't want to get into all negative things. It's no, just, no. You know, <clears throat> I never took British rock and roll seriously, and I still don't. What, uh, what rock and roll? It's not like listening to doo-wop or growing up on Motown. Yeah. And, and American groups could do all this great stuff, but this this Anglophobia mm -hmm. that has existed mm -hmm. as far back as I can remember. But what we were doing to go back to the flower child business yeah. was that had no relationship to the reality that we knew. By we, I mean yeah. myself and the other people in the Velvet Underground. And we had as a goal to put together a rock and roll songs that really had something to do with what was really going on for us in New York and around us and had some basis in reality as opposed to this, this junk. I'll just have a drink of throat coat and a cigarette and we'll conclude our party with a couple more guests who we've just been including them. King of New York himself, Mr. Lou Reed.
Satellite, that's David. David's amazing at background vocal parts. That bong, bong, bong. That's okay. It's really great. But the really great thing is the high note at the end. 
I mean, very few people could do that. I just loved when he did that. It's just, I mean, what a move. I mean, see, I think everything is really about details. And that was the exclamation mark, I thought. Like when he goes up like that, very few people could do that. Really pure and beautiful. There he goes. Isn't that great? Just a perfect day Feed animals in the zoo Then later a movie too And then home Oh, it's such a perfect day
tribute set with Foggy Notion from the album VU, an album full of unreleased material recorded about 1969 but not discovered until the 1980s and somewhat responsible for the reunion tour which never got off the ground. From the re-released Loaded version of Loaded from 1970, we had the alternate demo of Satellite of Love, followed by Duran Duran's cover of Femme Fatale from their 1993 The Wedding album. Then we had the DJ S's Bootleg Bonus Beat Extension remix of Lou Reed's Walk on the Wild Side from October. We followed that with Dirty Boulevard from Lou Reed's album New York from 1989, his quote-unquote comeback record. And then live from David Bowie's 50th birthday bash at Madison Square Garden in 1997, we had Mr. Bowie and Lou Reed covering Waiting for the Man. And then also from 1997, we had a version of Perfect Day commissioned by the BBC, ironically, and featuring a wide variety of Brits, including David Bowie, Elton John, Duran Duran, not to mention Suzanne Vega and Bono. Be right back with the grab bag. Miley Cyrus twerking finally. Here's the thing about the whole Miley Cyrus twerking thing. People gotta stop saying that she's twerking. She's not twerking. <laughs> like she's not twerking. I've seen women twerk. Okay, twerk means there's a lot of movement and 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 gyration happening on the lower half of a female's body. There's things bouncing around. Molly don't have nothing, like, nothing's bouncing or moving. It's just it's just a bunch of pelvic thrusts. And, like, people are saying she's, twer- she's not twerking. She's hurting herself is what she's doing. She's, she's going to, she's going to, twerking. Yeah, she's going to, she's going to dislocate her daggone pelvis bone. You're a rich girl, and you're going to fuck, cause you know it don't matter anyway. You can rely on the old man's money. You can rely on the old man's money. It's a bitch, girl, but it's gone too far. Cause you know it don't matter anyway. The money, money won't New get money. too far. Watch any great book, niggas wanna take shit tight. No snake, just bought a catalog. Put some D's on that bitch. Just bought a catalog. Put some D's on that bitch. Just bought a catalog. We don't want to any great book, niggas wanna take shit tight. No snake, just bought a catalog. Put some D's on that bitch. Just bought a catalog. Put some D's on that bitch. Just bought a catalog. We don't want to any great book, niggas wanna take shit tight. No snake, just bought a catalog. Drop, drop, two color flip flop in the red light. 
back and, and uh, find songs that people like that we really had been able to properly execute in a live milieu and uh, hopefully do them justice. Little things, which I don't believe has been in a set list for a very long time. Uh, that's in there and that's pretty awesome. Uh, Rosalie, which we've sort of slowly introduced back in the set list, is in there. Um, some other stuff we haven't done in a while. Hi. Um, Malake. 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 Thank you. Oh, yeah, Malake. Yeah, and there's More. actually some... Uh, uh, Small uh, favorites? Some bonus material. And there's a there's a bonus, I think uh, there's a special package with a bonus disc. 
uh, with uh, four or five extra songs, and uh, um, yeah, it's uh, hopefully you like it. And it's actually the first live recording of uh, Dare I Say It, La Bamba. We've never actually bothered to put La Bamba. La Bamba has never been on a on a live recording wow. that we've done officially anyway. So uh, that's finally forty years I'm in. I'm gonna run us, out and get one myself. Made its way onto a, onto <laughs> so a that's record. That's all there is to it. I'm done. I guess. Yeah. Bombas on. I, I'm kidding you not. I, I would. Bombas on. I would. I wouldn't play your heartstrings like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
We began the grab bag with the Melker Project's Rich Boy Meets Rich Girl from November. That's from the album called Ball and Oats, which essentially mashes hollow notes up with hip hop. Then we followed with Mash Machine by Far Off from November. You can find that on djfaroff.com or YouTube or SoundCloud. Then we had a modern day school of rock with music teacher Aaron O'Keefe's cover of Tools 46 by 2 that was released in September. Then from 2006, we had British DJ Nightmares on Wax with You Wish. You can only get that as a digital download on Amazon.com. And then finally from October, from the Disconnected in New York City, an album that celebrates the 40 years that the band has been recording, we had Los Lobos presenting a medley of La Bamba and Good Loving. La Bamba being one of the few songs that had never been released in a live version before. That's it for this edition of Eclectic City. I'm Gabriel Zoki, your host, saying thanks for joining me. Please join me again for Eclectic City number 58 in a few weeks. And until then, ciao.